1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is BELIEVE. Football season is in full swing and we are glued to the gridiron each and every weekend. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. online, where the game starts. going on y'all. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Kentucky. My name is Benny Hardy. Y'all be sure to check the podcast out on believe.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places, be sure to rate, review and subscribe. We are talking 6 and old Kentucky season halfway over facing the Georgia Bulldogs for, you know, first place in the SEC East. And we're going to get in the trenches today with a former cat from Northern Kentucky, we got that Walton Verona flavor in here. We're talking about Cole Mosier in here on the podcast, man. How you doing, Cole?
0: Good to be alive. It's a good day out here. Kentucky 6-0. We're a uh, high school team's doing well, so that's a good time. Yeah,
1: Walton Verona, you said you're, you're O-line coach and OC up there, right?
0: Yep. Our head coach calls the plays, but uh, I, I contribute, and I'm up in the booth for actually most of the games, so – calling down my wisdom from the high in the sky
1: there you go well I'm I'm gonna ask you this I had uh had Travard Lindley on a couple weeks ago he played corner for the cats under Rich Brooks and he's over at Bourbon County you know coaching Uh, and doing all that I'm gonna ask him I'm gonna ask you the same thing I asked him because you know coming in and playing in the SEC playing at a high level you get all this knowledge you learn so much more And he went and played with the eagles for a little bit as well when you go back and and coach high schools in his case young dbs in your case young o lineman how much of what you know are you able to give them or is there a balance a fine line you have to walk where you don't give them too much how do you how do you approach that
0: You definitely don't want to overload them with information. Obviously, in college, you learn a bunch about the game, little uh, techniques, footwork, things like that, that you just didn't try to steal the basics on them. You try to give them some uh, knowledge that – might not necessarily be for every high school kid, but you give them knowledge of the basics and make sure they understand the concepts uh, about it. Cause you gotta you gotta dumb it down a little bit for them, obviously. But uh, our, the O line I have are mostly seniors now. They've been here since I started coaching back when they're sophomore and they they are they're pretty good right now. And just getting them to grasp the concept and and want to be better and be physical, that's that's the key.
1: That's cool. That's good stuff. So are there some, some young co-mosers that we need to keep our eye on?
0: Uh, as of right now, no. Uh, up here, there a lot of the guys are – we're a smaller football team, so we, uh, we don't get a lot of the bigger bigger athletes that are uh, 300 pounds, 6'5", and things like that. Uh, we get a bunch of the – we get about the 200 to 215-pound linemen that are uh, decent size and that have, have to play with great technique in order to do their job. I got you.
1: I got you. Um, and you said the playoffs are coming up too, so definitely wish y'all the best in that postseason for Walton Verona.
0: I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll need it.
1: <laughs> oh, six and zero for the Cats, man. Um, just, just, just your thoughts on on everything you've seen so far this season. Just whatever you want to hit on, wherever you want to go. What do, what you, how you feeling?
0: The transformation of Kentucky football since I got there, Stoops' first year with Stoops Troops and everything that went on then, it's crazy seeing them now. And uh, we always knew that uh, we had the potential. It was just always getting over that hump. That hump was always there like close games and we lose them back then. And um, just changing it to where we're winning those games and dominating in those games now is the biggest change I see. It's just the culture and it's expected now. Uh, Back then it was, uh, it kind of had to be instilled on us and some of the guys that came or that were there previously with uh, Jokers uh, guys, uh, just some of them didn't buy him, but some most of them did, and uh, just changing the culture was a great process, and you're you're seeing the outcome of it now. Just all those grind years before, and uh, I love I love what I'm seeing. I'm big physical defense playing well, offense playing well. You can't can't ask for much more than that.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: If it happens again. I'll... Yeah.
1: So yeah, six and zero. Oh, and look, you you were there. From you know, starting in twenty thirteen, so you were there for some of the, some of the five win seasons where they didn't quite get to a bowl game, and then you get to the end of your career and you're blocking for Benny and Boom and you know two thousand yard backs in the same backfield. So just just talk about the career arc and and your journey while you were there for UK.
0: Um, yeah, those first two or that first year when we went two and 10, it was, it was tough because we had, we're getting some of the guys in and just buying them, getting both the offensive system, defensive system down takes a little to adjust. And those couple of those five, one seasons were just, uh, we were, we were close. I mean, we are just not getting over the hump in a lot of those games. And we, we were playing close games, I think, in 2014 or 15 is where we came up here and played. Mississippi State played up here when they had Dak Prescott. And uh, we went within a touchdown. I mean, they number one team in the country. So it was more of the concept of us just trying to uh, buy in and believe and just do everything right, not try to be superheroes out there. Everybody do their job. That's the biggest thing is just do their job. And you got to trust your teammates to make the plays around it. And after that, once you start doing that, you can go out there and beat anybody.
1: That's it. I uh, I heard a little bit of uh, Kenneth Horsey. He was on KSR today, and you know, talking about you know the kind of the chip on his shoulder as a Florida guy. He didn't get the Florida offer, and and how he is to be up here at Kentucky. Um, you're a Kentucky kid playing for Kentucky, and Horsey also talked about the impact. You know, when we all miss Coach Schlarman, but, but the impact and how he thinks about him every day. You're a Northern Kentucky guy just like Coach Schlarman. So just mm-hmm. just what did he mean to you and, and the fact that you got to know him in the recruiting process and then playing for Kentucky your whole career?
0: Uh, he, he meant a great deal to me um, personally, just, I mean, because – Coming out of high school, I went to a small school. I tore my ACL my sophomore year, going into my junior year. So that's a big year for recruiting and uh, things like that. And um, so it was hard coming out. I had a bunch of small school offers like Georgetown, Lindsey Wilson, place around here. EKU ended up pulling out their offer. And then Miami, uh, pulled their, Miami of Ohio pulled their offer on me. So, uh, uh, my coach actually played with Coach Larman in high school. So, he was a sophomore when Coach Larman was a senior. And, uh, so he he got a hold of him as soon as they came in. And he was just like, Man, we got this guy that's, uh, 6'6, uh, 320 pounds. He was under recruited. He, we ran, we still run a wing team, wing T style offense. So, we run the ball. He was just like, I got a guy for uh, you up here to come take a look at. Coach Larman was up here the next day. He was up there and he was, he was talking in the room. He's like he's like man he's just like we he's like well, you you have the size and the ability i've watched your uh film everything going through everything i think you have the potential to be a star out there he's just like you just got to go through and you got to prove it and you got to go through the steps and make sure you're doing everything right paying attention and things like that and um, they end up giving me a, he's like we don't have any scholarships for you right now but I prefer to walk on he's like you'll be treated the same as any of the other guys out there he's just like you just got to prove it a little more and I liked, I, I liked having to prove it a little more because it gave me a little bit more of a chip and just knowing that I'm actually having to go out there and earn it. And then uh, by my sophomore year, I ended up earning a scholarship. And Coach Larman just along the way, he was uh, he was great because he kind of took me in under like a son to him. He was always just kind of like always playfully messing with me and uh, always pretty hard on me, just making sure he saw the potential in me. And uh, he meant a lot to me, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it- it's good to see him still still honoring him. We we stood the big mural on the outside of, of Kroger Field. We see the guys wearing the sixty-five, you know, kind of rotating it around the O line each and every week. So he's never gonna be forgotten.
0: Yeah, that's he's great. He was a big part of the O line and how they am and instilled the nastiness and everything else. I mean, he's a great teacher of the game for sure.
1: Yeah. And just the, the reputation of the, the Big Blue Wall. You you have uh, three or four years ago, we played Alabama, uh, SEC West team. You don't play often, but Jonathan Allen, who's a you know NFL pick, says this is the most physical line. They hit us harder than anybody. You have him saying that two years back. You have, and we'll talk a little bit of Georgia, of course, as we get on through this. Kirby Smart and his you know press conferences this week. Plays you every year. Talks about Kentucky's the hardest-hitting team, the most physical team we play year in and year out. So this, the league knows. The, it's, the reputation is is conference-wide now. You played a role in that group, that room becoming what it is. Was that was that Coach Larm on you guys? Is it recruiting? Is it developing? Where does it all? What does it come from? To where you guys are consistently out more physical than any other O-line in the league.
0: A lot of it did come from Coach Longman because, I mean, just going out there and – the way he coached and the way he he was with us and made us a family in there. And um, he just, and you just could not go out there and play as hard as you wanted for that guy because of all the things he sacrificed and all the things he did for us. But just we, we just knew the attitude had to change around there. You know, we we were the laughingstock of the SEC before and we need to go out there and dominate teams as far we need to do our jobs and be able to, hey, if we can't if we can't do anything on defense or we can't move the ball on offense, we just got to run the ball we gotta trust and run the ball and we can we can go out there and beat anybody if we play with good technique good form and anything else we go out there and we'll dominate anybody i think that was just expected so i think our guy just kind of bought into what he was saying and it it all went up from there for sure
1: and then i guess was it kind of a ripple effect when when you saw what he was saying worked then i guess that just reinforced the buy-in so it was just kind of a Full circle kind of thing, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was for sure. It just, it just, once you saw one guy doing it, and a lot of those guys, when we came in as this first class, it was just like, you want to get on the field, you show your physical, you show you can do your job and your assignment and play together. And then that was everybody was competing for spots. I mean, he was rotating offensive linemen in every two series back then, and uh, it just really made, it stepped up everybody's competition just level. Just knowing that day, hey, if you don't do if you don't get the job done the series, you're going to be out in that series, and you got to show what you can do those snaps and make sure that you're dominant out there.
1: Man, and that's that's the thing. You know, D lines rotate all the time. O lines usually don't. And here you guys were, if you want to stay out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yep.
1: most of your opportunities, I guess.
0: Yes, for sure, you did.
1: Now you uh, were quoted, I guess, on your in your bio. You talked about one of the coolest things about Kentucky was the fans and how much they love the Big Blue Nation. What were your thoughts about these last two home games, man? The LSU game, and the Florida game. I mean.
0: I was- yeah, I was actually at the Florida game. I mean, just I, I haven't seen that wild there since uh, some of my first two years there when uh, Stoops came in and there was a bunch of big crowds, but that South Carolina game where we beat them 2014 with the Bud Dupree interception, that game was crazy. And I mean, it had a lot of that environment and the, the fans definitely affected. I mean, Florida had, I think it was like eight or nine something false starts and uh, had definitely the, you saw the quarterback going up to the o, o line trying to have to adjust. Trust me, i played in there. We've played down in Florida in those games where we can't hear the quarterback we can't hear the center right next to us so it definitely affects what we're doing out there so just that 12th man aspect it is big I know uh, a lot of fans don't understand that but it's just like you come out there and you're loud and you have the offense out there offense out there and they can't hear each other talk make calls they might have a missed assignment up front because they're going to the wrong guy because they couldn't communicate I mean, the the fans were were awesome, and it it, it should be a continued thing to where they it, they continue to affect uh, the uh, other teams' offenses coming in for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. And was not it to the point where you know normally get get loud on third down, third and long, get loud, but yeah. it, it was it was first down, second down the whole time the other team's offense had the ball, right? It was constant.
0: Yeah, it was constantly. I mean, it, those, those third and longs or fourth downs got really loud, but I mean, it was, it was constant. Yeah. I mean, just go, it, it adds a whole new wrinkle to the game prep too, because I mean, you go in and you play all the loud music you want to practice, but it still doesn't simulate what's going on in the game. So, I mean, you have to have quarterbacks have hand signals. You have to have uh O line have certain calls to where they do do other things to what they normally make their calls and when they're everything's quiet. So I mean it is it, it was consistently loud and that environment was was something that Kentucky's been missing for a while and it's glad to have have out there for sure. And
1: you're talking about guards and centers struggling. When you're out there at tackle, how brutal is it in, in a hostile road environment where there's no chance you're going to hear what's going on. And how, how does that, what's that feeling like?
0: It is terrible because first of all, yeah, I mean, I've been in those shoes too before. It's just like, um, if you can't hear the cadence, you have no advantage over the defensive lineman, I mean, or the defensive end. So, I mean, at tackle, you're going off of, oh, I know the snap count. I have at least a head start, uh, but if you don't have any advantage there, then you're going off the same time as the defense line or defense end. So it makes it hard. So you're expected to go as fast backwards as someone's going forwards, which is the craziest thing about football, you know? And so, and so the DN coming around the edge and he's getting the same jump as you, you better be ready. And uh, you definitely saw that with some of the sacks and some of the pressure and the noise for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here we (laughs) are, man, six and O Kentucky, six and O Georgia. Second time in four years. Kentucky's playing Georgia with a shot at first place in the East. You know, they came up here a few years ago and kind of they kind of got control and pulled away quickly. But that three-score points spread, I, I I just and I'm not I'm even if I'm not biased, I just don't I don't see them running away and and blowing making it a out again. How about you?
0: No, I do not see that at all. I mean, uh, Florida's – or Georgia's played some great teams. I mean, they played Auburn. They played Arkansas. But, I mean, we've played LSU. we played Florida. And those aren't aren't any easy wins. No win in the SEC is easy. And um, just going in and uh, making sure we're doing the right things and uh, making sure that we – control the game uh, game or possessions are going to be a key to uh, Saturday uh, controlling the football, hitting them on deep play actions off the run game and just grinding them out. Cause uh, if we can't run the ball, it's going to be a long night against Georgia, but uh, they haven't seen a defense like ours either. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a ground and pound game. And uh, I want not I want not uh, not expect to see some big shots to Wandale uh, on, on Saturday off play action.
1: Yeah. Now, you Know and at this point, everybody's banged up and, and, and got guys out. You know, Kentucky loses, you know, Bully McCall in the Florida game, and then Oxendine Ox goes out against LSU. Yeah, do you think? I mean, Georgia might have wanted to try to just pound it anyway, but do you think they're gonna try to exploit that a little bit more? And how do you think these young guys are gonna hold up if that's what well, gonna do?
0: the thing, the thing about now different from back then when I played is the depth. I mean, UK now has built the depth to where, I mean, one, twos, and threes, are, I mean, are not, it's razor thin. Now, back then it was probably one to two or two to three was a, mat or a pretty big drop off uh, as far as talent development. But now, I mean, the Nets guys in can definitely play and are not that far off from the first string guys, maybe even have more talent, uh, just, just need more time to develop or things like that to where. I think Georgia's going to come in and try run the ball, anyways. I mean, with uh, Ben and at quarterback, I don't know if Daniels is going to play or not. They kind of hint around it, but I think they 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 let Daniels heal another week and uh, be full speed against Georgia or Florida when they get back from their bye. But uh, but I think they're definitely going to come in and run the ball. I mean, every year since I've been there, Georgia's main thing. And when they had Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, I mean, uh, the tiger I mean, the list goes on and on. Every year Georgia has a top top running back, so they're definitely Definitely their M.O. is going to pound the ball there to try to control the game just like we are. We're very similar on offense, and I think they're going to try to do the exact same thing as us, control the ball, uh, wear down our defense, and then uh, try to be efficient in the red zone.
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, for those who do like to kind of play to take a look at the odds, there's not going to be enough possessions for it to get out of hand. Both teams trying to run the ball and, and run the clock, and it's just going to be an old school kind of, Yes. Struggle is is what it looks on paper anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. it will be.
1: We mentioned, you know, Bully McCall and we had Quentin Bohannon the year before that they've got, uh, you know, Jordan Davis is a big space eater down there uh, for Georgia. Uh, You were playing on the outside, but when you, when you're playing a, a, a big hard to move guy like that, that's just massive. Why do you, how do you, what do you do?
0: I mean, <laughs> and you you gotta stay low, and those first two steps are important. I mean, if you're taking a bad first step, you're you're done against those guys inside. Uh, tackles always have to play with more speed because I mean, DNs aren't as uh, mainly not as stout as uh, the defensive tackles, so you have to play with a little more speed inside. You gotta play with straight power and almost kind of getting to maybe a, a foot or two on them and just moving them a foot or two and position them to where the uh, Uh, Christian Rogers can get through the hole like you're like, that would be good enough against them. You know, it's just the room for error against uh, teams like Georgia and their defensive line and their front seven is uh, is just getting enough holes for them to get through for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What was thinking back over your time, you know, your most wherever you want to go, your most memorable Moment, most memorable game, most memorable pancake where you said that guy's going to hate to see that on film next week. What moment like that stands out or moments from your time
0: at Kentucky? So my personal best game I feel like was uh, in 2016 against Missouri. Um, uh, they had Charles Harris over there who ended up going first round, and I played a great game. And uh, that was probably one of the games we ended up dominating. We rushed for like 300 something yards um, that game, but uh, that was probably my most dominant game where I felt like okay this 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 was a good this was a good game for me to have a good test to see if I could play in the NFL and things like that. Uh, but my favorite game was beating at uh, louisville in 2016 against lamar jackson
1: we had a little bit of a technical difficulty while cole was talking about beating louisville so we paused the recording because we can't miss good stories about the cats beating lamar in the cards so we pick right back up where we left off here in just a second here we go
0: yeah, like I said about that Louisville game, it, it it was a big win. I mean, Lamar Jackson fumbling it, and uh, us coming out and uh, really dominating that game. I think it turned the tide for us, and uh, we ended up losing to Northwestern that year in a close game, and uh, uh, the Music City Bowl. And I know, but uh, yeah, it was uh it was a good time for. Or no, that year we actually uh, we lost to Georgia Tech that year. Oh, yeah. The following year, we lost to Northwestern in the Music City Bowl, but. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – that, that Louisville game, I mean, it's just a staple of, like, uh, one of my favorite games there for sure. And South Carolina is a close second in
1: 2014. Mm-hmm. Man, the uh, – well, that Georgia Tech game, they ran that funky triple option and hard to get ready for that. But the Northwestern yeah. game where Benny got tossed, man, come on. I was there for yeah. that. You got to cover it in the box, and that was – it's just, it's just stupid, man.
0: Yeah, it was bad. And then I, I would still go for two. I still support Coach Stoops. Uh, go for two. We got two there. But, uh, but yeah, that was a big game, too.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of Coach Stoops, now, uh, you know, uh, Max Duffy's got a podcast out and had uh, on the Pennant Deep. He had Stoops on there the other day, and he's always talking about funny stories and a yeah. little, little behind-the-scenes stuff and, and stuff he says and does. What stands out to you? Is there a funny story or funny experience of interaction between you and him or just something with the team that that you still chuckle about?
0: Oh uh, No, everybody's go-to about him is his coffee. So, like like uh, they were talking about in there, he's always swirling around. And when he's uh, mad at about a team meeting before practice, he's just sitting there pacing back and forth, swirling his coffee around in circles. And uh, that's the go-to. Uh, but uh, just in the locker room after games, I mean, I think you just get him a little out of his uh, – like normal, like shell, he goes out and enjoys himself. And like uh, after the game in the, in the locker room where he just uh, starts dancing and has a good time in there, but you wouldn't normally t- to see out of him, you know, but uh, yeah, I love coach. So when he, when we, when I was there and uh, he was great to all of us, he still takes care of us. He still checks in on us. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah.
1: That's great. That's great. And speaking of, you know, when he, when he's, when he's hot, he's hot. And you flashback to last year at Auburn, Chris Rodriguez is landing the end zone, and there's they don't give us a touchdown. They, they got screwed out of that. Cummings is if he's not in the end zone Saturday, he's at the one and it's yeah. at the worst a catch at the one. How is that incomplete? Uh- I
0: don't know. I think he had it. I think he had possession in the end zone and then gets knocked out and then not, not calling targeting. I mean, it was just a, it was a whole, it was a whole mess. And uh, I think definitely it it shouldn't have ended that way for sure. But uh, Stoops definitely sticks up for his players and sticks up for the, for the right call out there. So when he, when he gets mad, he's mad. so you can always tell when he's mad too. So uh, that gets him out there. He should have been mad on there on that call too.
1: Were you surprised that he went for it on fourth down after that? Or were you just like, they're just going to be aggressive and take it to LSU just tonight? Oh, no. they,
0: yeah, it was that. That was a statement call. Uh, he he usually uh, he doesn't step foot a lot in the offense. He uh, lets the offensive coordinator do a lot of stuff. But on those kind of situations, he's the fans are with you. Everybody's with you. It's a big momentum uh, thing, and um, go for it. Get the touchdown. That's that's how he is. You know, he's a uh, he's a go for it guy most of the time, and I'm and I'm glad he's like that for sure. Yeah. Now
1: take a second, man, and and just. From the system in the past years to the new system this year with Liam Cohen coming in, new O line coach. Break it down for everybody. What what's different about the Big Blue Wall last year to this year? You know, technically and, and detail wise, what's what's changed in O line?
0: Um, I mean, not a lot as far as like physicality and like it's mainly the X's and O's for like pro style versus college, more college, uh, RPO and things like that. I mean, Liam Cohen's completely came in with an NFL set, runs the heavy under center. We've not been under center at all when I was there. And uh, and he's come in under center and Will Levis has done a great job of uh, controlling the under center and in shotgun. He's able to do it all and uh, I, think, I think hitting with play action, even now under center, is completely different than out of shotgun. I think under center it draws a heavy run read and they just, it's betting wrong, especially on play action, and uh, just giving that look where he can fake it and hit those deep routes is, has been a big change uh, over the years, uh, as far as maybe in the years past to where uh, an RPO is just a simple just like a fake to the running back in front real quick and uh, get out of it but with that under center, he goes back and he's he's getting five seven yards deep after the handoff and he's and he's letting it sling and can read the defenses from there I just definitely think he's brought more pro style in which uh which is good for our oil line and being physical and our tight ends are physical too they love getting in the mix and uh I think I think that's the biggest difference between uh his system and uh previous systems for sure
1: yeah I appreciate you breaking it down man sure I do yeah um real quick I, I gotta tell you about a sponsor in a minute too but i got one little one little basketball question because it's big blue madness is tomorrow and this is this is maybe the most, the least hype big blue madness of them all because kentucky's six and oh and everybody's looking ahead to saturday yeah. georgia but you know you're you're six six you played basketball for walton Verona as well so what was the scouting report for cole mosier on the basketball court
0: um, it wasn't wasn't much. I actually was uh, not in the starting lineup. I actually uh, rotated off the bench because uh, our coach was a run-and-gun uh, offensive kind of guy and I was definitely not a run-and-gun kind of player. I was getting some rebounds, putbacks, and things like that, but uh, I did win offensive MVP of a tournament my junior year, so uh, hey, I'll take it because one of our players went down. Uh, not um, He was fine, but he went down for, the, for that game and uh, I ended up playing a lot we slowed it down and ended up working it was uh it was trying to just not let me get the ball in the post man <laughs> hey
1: hardware is hardware you you you, know, you was the offensive mvp that's hey <laughs> you got the you got the proof right there man. yeah
0: exactly yeah i'll take it.
1: <laughs> it well i gotta tell you about uh the sponsor of the podcast La Terrain watches like we we can all just look at our phone to tell the time but sometimes it's cool to just have still have a nice watch laterraine has got watches for men, women, accessories, different styles. You got the Red Crest. You got the new Atlas is coming out. You want to pre-order that? Go to LaTerrain.com. You can also click on the chat and the owner himself, Dave Maggio, will actually reply back to you if you have questions or concerns about it. La Touraine.com, La Terrain. If you want to get yourself a gift or you call, you got somebody that you might want to get a watch for, go to the site and, and check it out. Find the style and, and type of watch you want, the band that you want. LaTerrain.com. We appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Um, That's awesome. And, yeah. And I know you got to run, so I appreciate you taking the time to, to hop on. All the best with the playoffs and with practice kick back and chill on fall break before the grind starts back and, and enjoy the game saturday too man
0: oh no problem thanks for having me on here i appreciate it I, I love talking football anytime for sure
1: yeah definitely man i appreciate you i'd love to have you on again sometime to, to chop it up some more for sure man
0: sounds good i'll be here
1: all right yo look this has been another episode of believe in kentucky Go to bleed.com, like I mentioned at the beginning. Also, our buddies at ASEA Blue, Jason Markman, those guys, they put each episode of this podcast up on their website. So you can go there, ASEA Blue on their social media, and it'll be there as well. Uh, appreciate you. Like I said, go subscribe, rate, review. Old school word of mouth. Tell your friends. Say, hey. Uh, well, out the for Even, sure, yeah. Steve Kentucky Podcast. Uh, it's been presented by Bet Online, and we'll see everybody next week. Y'all take care and be safe.